Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. My helper for being my teacher, for allowing me to come forth before the people. And I thank you, Father, that we have all been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And as I open my mouth, God, I thank you that you have already filled it because it's not about me, God. It's all about you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God for the teaching that God has been bringing in the house on knowing God. And when we get to know God, we can go through anything and know that it will be all right. Amen. So turn with me, if you would, to Psalms 46. Psalms 46. And I will um, be reading verse 1, but we will be going through Psalms 46 because I believe that God has a word for his people. Psalms 46. And when we get there, let us say. Amen. God is good. Amen. And the word of God now reads, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The expanded reads, God is our protection, refuge, and our strength. He always helps is an everlasting, he is an ever-present, timely help in times of trouble, distress. You may be seated. Today, I want to talk about when you know who God is. We've been talking about who God is, but I want to talk about when you know who God is. We talked about knowing God, and I'm just going to briefly go over this so we can get into this and dig a little bit deeper. In the Bible, we go over John three sixteen, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that those who believe in him shall not, what, perish, but have everlasting life or have eternal life. The first part of that verse is what people grab hold to. You know, I'm missing hell. But that verse has more in it than just that part. We just don't want to get saved just to miss hell. We want to become born again in order to have everything that God wants us to have. And the second part of that verse is saying that he wants us to have everlasting life. What is everlasting life? Everlasting life is knowing God the Father and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. And this is the part that we have to work on now that we're born again. You can be in relationship with him through being born of the kingdom of God, born from above and not born from this earth. And this is what Jesus told Nicodemus, that he must be born again, born not of the flesh, but born of the spirit in John chapter 3. But then we have to look at what God is saying. He said everlasting life is knowing God. So when we um, come to know God, we know 
um, not about him, but we have an intimate relationship with him. Now, when we look at relationship, that means, again, we're born into what? The family of God. That means we're part of the kingdom of God. That means that we're citizens of that kingdom. But we have to get to know the king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We have to get to know him personally. We have to experience him. And that's when we go into fellowship. Fellowship is a sharing. It's a participation. It's getting to know God. It's getting to know what he dislikes and what he likes. And the more we get to know God, the more we can turn away from the things of this world. And that's why I, I keep going into knowing God because some of us say we know him, but we really know about him. We know about him through other people, through what they have said, through what they have experienced. We can read all the books we want to on Kenneth um, Hagen. We can read on um, Smith Wigglesworth. We can read on John Lake. Those men, they do inspire, inspire us with what they went through. But it's time for us to get into the word of God, allow the word to get into us so we can experience God for ourselves. So we can have true fellowship with him. And when we have that fellowship with him, we want to share what God has given us. He has given us life. He has given us Zoe, the abundant life. So we want to share that life with other people. We want them to participate in what we have participated in, in our fellowship with him. So that's what we've basically been talking about. And knowing God is turning away from the things of the world. I'm repeating that again. When you truly know God, you don't want what the world has. You're not going to be conformed to this world no more. You're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will prove, then you will know what the good and acceptable will of God is for your life. Some of us say we know God, but I beg you to differ. When you truly know God, you can be forgivable. You can forgive because God forgave us. When you know God, you can love people outside of how you feel. That means regardless of what people do to you, the love don't change because you have the love of God on the inside of you. So I want to stop for a minute and say, do you really know God? When you truly know God, men, you can love your wife just as Christ loved the church. Come on, somebody. When you truly know God, you don't hold grudges. You don't hold bitterness. You don't hold offense. You don't be in strife. When you truly know God, just like Abraham. Come on, we had some good examples in the Bible. Abraham knew God. By him knowing God, when him and Lot got in strife, what did Abraham say? He said, if you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I will go left. Because he said, there shouldn't be this strife between us. We are brothers. When you truly know God, you will know that you are from the family of God. And you want to do it the way your father do it, Abba do it. You don't want to do it the way the world does it. When you truly know God, you don't look like the world look. You don't do what the world does because you truly know God. And I can say we do fall down sometimes. But when you truly know God, you get back up. You're ready. You rise back up and say, God, forgive me. That was not like you. When you truly know God, you don't hold grudges for 20 years. When you truly know God, you don't walk in jealousy. When you truly know God, you can rejoice with your sister or brother when they get 
and you didn't get when you truly know God. Come on, you can pray for those who spitefully use you when you truly know God. You can bless those who curse you. You can love those who hate you when you truly know God. You will know how to keep your mouth shut when you don't have to answer. Come on, do we know God? Do we know God the way he need to be made known? When you truly know God, you ain't looking at your title. You looking unto him who's the author and finisher of your faith. When you truly know God, you know that every joint supply, you ain't the special one. Come on, when you truly know God, it ain't about us, it's all about him. We ought to do a work for him. Come on, when you truly know God. And I believe if the church would start truly knowing God, then we wouldn't have all this division in churches. We won't have all these isms and schisms in churches. We won't have all these people thinking, well, if you go there, then you can't come back here. Come on, we wouldn't have all this in the church when we truly know God. Because every joint supplies. Every joint supplies. I'm telling you, with going through this every time with knowing God, I have to check myself. Come on, if we, the ones that are teaching the word, can't check ourselves, how can we stand before the people and say we know God? We're the first ones to be checked. We're the first ones to say, God, search me. And see if there's evil, uh, evil, wicked way in me. Search me first, God. Deal with me first. Before I stand before your people, do I have any grudges? Do I have any unforgiveness? God, search me. Try me and see, Lord. Because guess what? He will try you. And it starts at home, y'all. You can't come in the house of God and be hooping and hollering and saying, oh, how you love Jesus and then treat your mate any kind of way. Or treat your children any kind of way. It starts in the home. Amen. So we're going to go more into this teaching. But I'm reminded through the Holy Spirit. When I say when you truly know God. It reminds me in John 14. When Jesus was by the well. With that woman. And Jesus was talking to that woman. And he told her that she didn't only have. uh, The man that she with was not her husband. But she had five different men. But Jesus went in and began to talk with her and he revealed himself to her. She was, he was making himself known to her. So she believed that he was a prophet and being that she had that experience with Jesus, she wanted to share that experience. I don't know about y'all when I have my experiences with him and he love on me and he talks with me. I want to share that experience with somebody else. I want to share the love that I have experienced from him with somebody else. I want to share that joy. I want to share all of that. So she began to share with others and as she shared with them, then they wanted to hear Jesus. And when they heard him, this is what they said. They said, we heard him because of you. But because we heard him for ourselves. See, they had an experience with him for themselves. God want us to have an experience with him for ourselves, not based on me. But he wants you to have the experience for yourself. He wants you to get to know him for yourself. And that's why we have to sit before him on a daily basis. And everything else that distracts us, we want to move it out the way. But God... 
he was taking me a little bit further as I was sitting in prayer with God and I was sitting there meditating. And, you know, sometimes we ask God different things with things that we go through. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, am I still God? And I stopped and I said, well, God, you know, I know you're still God. But sometimes we can get in a place that we forget who he is. I'm just going to say it. Sometimes everything can be hitting you left and right. That we forget who God really is. God said, don't forget who I am. Don't forget who I am. This is why we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, he reminds us. This is why God gave us the Holy Spirit. We have so much from God that we don't have an excuse. We always making excuses of why we didn't do this or why we didn't do that. Quit making excuses when God has given you everything you need to live here on the earth and do what he has called you to do. There is no excuse. He said, I have blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I have accepted you in the beloved. I have adopted you. You no longer reject it. So come on now. Come out of the rejection because God has not forsaken you. He has not left you by yourself. He has not abandoned you. So we're not forsaken. We've been adopted. We've been chosen. We've been forgiven. So we need to come out of these pity parties and we need to rise up and get to know who he is so we'll know what we have. So when something try to knock us down, we can bounce back up because we know who he is and we know what he has done for us. Come on. We get so excited because somebody want us to tell them something. Do you know why we get so excited when people call on us? Because there's a little bit of rejection in you. It ain't about you. If somebody needs your help, it's because God sent them to you to get the help. It ain't about you being so special. See, we get it mixed up. That's how you know where you are in him. Oh, they called me. They didn't call you. Oh, they called me because I know the word. You got to understand that it is God who turns people's hearts towards you. It ain't you. And especially it's the life that you live. Come on, I ain't talking about a hypocritical life. I ain't talking about playing, play acting in the church. I'm talking about being real. How do you know that you have met a real person? Because they have not changed and they don't come down for you to like them. Because they know that Jesus said, if the world hated me, they're going to hate you. The world only loved their own. And now that you know you're in the world and not of the world, so what they hate you? You're doing the will of the Father. And you don't come down just for somebody to like you. I think somebody needed to hear that. We're bowing down too much to man. We're trying to get man to like us so we get involved with what man is doing and we say it's okay. It is not okay. If it don't represent God, it's not okay. Because when you know him, you should know what's not okay. You shouldn't have to be like a windshield wiper going back and forth. You should be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. We make excuses to do what the world does. Then when we get caught up in what the world does, then we come out and try to explain. Ain't nothing to explain. Just say, I messed up. 
But that don't mean God don't still love me. Say, yes, I messed up, but that don't change God's love for me. We try to make excuses when we do what we do. When you truly know God, you leave all the excuses out of it. Because God loved us so much that he didn't look at us. That's unconditional love. So it's time for the church to really know God. And when you really know who God is, then we can talk about Psalms 46. See how God redirected it? We always run off at the mouth. Come on, all of us do. From the pulpit to the congregation. We talk a good game until stuff come in our house. Oh, we talk, we we cry out, hallelujah, God is good because the money look good. The children look good. The husband, the wife look good. Come on, you thinking you look good. Then when you get a bad report, where are you? Are you still talking the same? Well, wait a minute. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of us are still talking the same stuff, but in our heart, it ain't the same. He said, you praise me with your lips, right? But your heart is far from. See, God knows your heart. So we need to quit playing these games. Things that you don't know, say, I don't know. But I know what the word says. I haven't been through what you're going through right now, but I know what the word says. So don't base it on me, base it on him. And let's quit lying to ourselves. Let's be true about it. That's why Jesus says, sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth. This is the only way we're going to get truth is through the word. So the enemy don't want you to go in the word because he's a deceiver of the brother. The only power he has is being a deceiver, y'all. It's twisting the word because he knows the word gives you life. And when you got that life, you you have light. I'm going in, in Psalms 46 when the Holy Spirit get ready for it. Everybody probably looking at the Bible and say, when's she going to get there? When the Holy Spirit is ready for it. See, sometimes we have to learn to wait. Because God wants you to open up your heart. See, sometimes our hearts are so hardened that the word is coming and the word just bounce off. Because we have built up things. Our heart has become so callous. Because of the things that we have built up, we have been more sensitive to the things of the world than being more sensitive to the things of God. That brings a hardened heart. The things you think about the most are the things that you are most sensitive to. If you're thinking about your wife all day and you're thinking about your husband all day and you're leaving God out, you're going to be more sensible to them than you are to God. God want to be first and he want to be foremost. He said, I want you to get to know me in a way that you have not known me before. God said, I want to show you. Like Moses said, the Bible said that Moses wanted to know his ways. But the people were looking at his acts. But Moses let God know, I want to know your way, God. God, I want to know your way. When we get to know God way, guess what? We're going to be out there doing the acts, the wonderful works of God, because we know him and we know what he wants for that very moment. We don't have to conjure up nothing like a witch would do. We would just go walk in what we know. God wants us to walk in what we know and live what we know. Amen? 
Now, Psalms 46. (laughs) The Bible says, God is. You see how it starts off? God is our. So what were they doing? They were making it personal. See, this has to be personal, y'all. You can't base it upon what I'm saying. But you got to have your personal experience with God, your fellowship with God. It's saying God is our protection, our refuge. That means that he is our shelter. I don't know about you, doing this day and time with the pandemic and things that are already here, but have not been made known to people yet. Y'all, plagues are already here. They're already in the atmosphere. But they haven't been made known yet. See, you're getting one thing after another. You're starting with the COVID-19, then they're adding to that, and then you're starting with the monkeypox, and then they're going to add from that to that. But, y'all, it's evil in this world. We're living in a fallen world. So God is preparing his people on how to live in a fallen world and live in the life that he want us to live, not according to the way the world is living, but according to who we are now that we're in him. We're hidden in Christ. So we're supposed to do what he did when he walked the earth. Come on, y'all. There were leprosy. There were diseases around him when he walked the earth because he knew who he was, because he knew who his father was. Those things couldn't touch him. But our problem is we're looking more to man than we're looking to God. This is why this psalmist said God is our. They were having some personal relation, um, fellowship with God. He said he's our protection, our refuge, our strength. You have to know that in these days and time. You have to know who God is to you. In these days and times, you don't wait for no pandemic. The more you get in fellowship with God, God is going to prepare you for what's yet to come. Before this pandemic came, Miracle Temple was prepared years ago. God said, is something coming upon this earth and man is not going to be able to give you nothing for it. He said it years ago. God was saying years ago, get in your word. Allow your word to get into you so you can be prepared for what's yet to come. Then he warned you that when God showed me it was going to be some more of this COVID-19, he showed me five. And I said it was one. God said it's one that was more red on that chart than any other. He warned you of that. Then he said, it's some more to come after that. Come on, God love you. He's preparing you with the word of life. So when things come upon this earth, you will already be prepared. You will already be um, ready so you can walk through it. So you don't have to go hide up under no rock because you know who God is. God is our protection. He is our refuge. But do you believe that? Are you waiting till something comes to say God is? Come on, you you don't even know who he is because you ain't spent time in your word to know who he is. The only time some of us get in the word is when we're so down and out and nobody else can help us. Come on. That's when we start opening up the word. But then when everything get okay again, we shut the word again. We go back and forth. But God want us to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. They knew that God is our protection. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He's all, he always helps. 
That means he's a present help in the time of trouble. So they knew no matter what comes. This is why I want you to catch verse 1. No matter what comes, they knew who God is. And I'm going to ask you today, do you really know who God is? Because it's much more to come. It's much more to come. So you got, you can't wait till it come to get to know who he is. You have to get to know who he is now so you can walk through what's coming. He said that he is, that's who he is. Now we can go to verse two. See, sometimes we read the whole chapter, but we don't allow the spirit to speak to us while we're reading. We have to allow things to be illuminated. And then verse two says, so we will not be, y'all don't get it. Because they know who God is. They knew that he was their refuge, their strength, their present help in the time of trouble. They say, because we know who God is, we will not be afraid. Even if the earth shakes, come on somebody. Even if the earth shakes, quakes, quakes, or the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Even if the oceans and the waters roar and foam or the mountains shake tremble at the raging sea they said because they know who god is if all of this happens we will not be afraid now they had to know who god is to write this psalm they left this psalm for us for such a time as this and for things yet to come That's why we have to take these psalms personally. And we have to say, God, do I really know who you are? God, have I spent enough time with you to know who you really are? When things happen in your life, you know exactly where you are. When somebody cuss you out, you know how much time you spent with God. When someone stir up that anger in you, you know how much time you spent with God. When someone hurt you so bad, you know how much time you spent with God. That's how you get tested. To see if you really know who God is. We're in a time we have to know who God is. We need to quit playing church, church. We are the church. We need to quit playing with each other's emotions. We need to tell people truth. If you don't like a person, you need to say, no, I don't like you. But that's not how it's supposed to be. God is still working on me. I don't have a reason for not liking you. So it's on me, not on you. God is still, come on, tell the truth. Quit telling a person, oh, how I love you. No. We say we love God, but we hate our brother. That's not knowing God. Because how can we love God and hate our brother and sister? Come on, when we get to a place with God, we say it's not about us. I'm living my life according to him and not according to me. See, I'm the type of person here. I love to be taught. We need some preaching. But I love to be taught. I don't want to get up here and be sweating for nothing. I want somebody to teach me what truth is really is. I don't want to go on what somebody else does. I want to go on what God is saying to here and now. 
So we need to be taught the word of God. Sometimes people get so stirred up in church and they get so stirred up with hooping and hollering. Don't get me wrong. Hooping and hollering is okay. As long as the truth is coming out of that hooping and hollering. And as long as it's not pre-recorded on a paper where you got to look down on a paper to see what's said next. Now, can I get a witness? Uh-huh. Can I get a witness? Uh-huh. I don't hear nobody. What did I say? What is God doing? Uh-huh. Can I get another witness? Uh-huh. Don't let the page turn. Don't lose your sheet of paper. That's why God gave you the Holy Spirit. That's why you have to get into the word of God for yourself and allow some illumination and light to come from that word. So if that paper turns. You ain't dependent on that paper. You're dependent on him. I remember when I had got to through preaching a, a sermon and this young lady come up to me. I mean, she was coming up to me fast and she said, come here. She said, can I get your notes? I said, huh? She said, can I have your notes? I said, what notes? She said, the notes you preaching from today. I said, that's just the scriptures on my iPad. I don't have no notes. I just put the scriptures up there so I can go to them quickly. She said, you don't have no notes. I say, I don't, you want to see? How do you do what you do? I have a helper. Hey, you don't know him? I know him. The more time you spend with who God is, And you get to know who he is because the Holy Spirit will remind you who he is because you've been in a place with him to know who he is. They've been in a place with him to know who he is, though everything around them would crumble. They said, we will not be afraid. Can we say that today? Can we truly say in the midst of this pandemic, come on, we all been there. It wasn't hard for us. Well, I'll be honest with y'all. Before the pandemic, I was leery of shaking anybody's hand because I ain't know where them hands been. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Some people, they dig up the nose and then they throw out the hand. Come on, let's just be honest. And you looking at what they doing. It's a habit. Some of them wipe the stuff off their mouth and then, hey, how you doing? I wasn't in the spirit on the Lord's day. Come on, let's just be honest. But when the pandemic came, we bought out the stores. I'm going somewhere. That's how we know that we don't know who God is. Let's be honest. Did you buy all that Lysol and them hand wipes before COVID-19 came? You weren't even thinking about buying that. You weren't thinking about none of that stuff. Did you wipe off your doorknobs? No, you didn't. Did you even wash your hands after you come out the toilet? Some of you didn't. Don't. Did you even think about all those things before the pandemic? No, you didn't. You did what you did and didn't even get sick from it. Because you wasn't thinking about it. The Bible said, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. The things that you think about the most is what you become. 
The more we think about COVID-19, COVID-19 can come to us and we don't even have to go nowhere to get it. So this is why we have to think on things that are above and not on things that are what? Of this earth. They knew who God is. They knew for themselves. That's why it was written for us, for us to know for ourselves. Do we really know that God is our protection? Now, I'm not saying don't go out, don't be foolish. Do not be foolish. Because if you're not where you're supposed to be, then you need to do what's necessary to keep you before it's your time. But what I'm saying is when you truly have your mind on him, you ain't thinking about what you left at home. You ain't thinking about this, that, or the other. Because you know who he is. So those are the first three verses. Really knowing who God is. See, we try to grab those verses and quote them, but still don't know who God is. Now, verse 4 says, there is a river that brings joy to the city of God. The city of God was Jerusalem. That river was coming from the throne of God. We have that river on the inside of us. Because that river that's on the inside of us, come on, it's supposed to be going out in all directions. We are the temple of God. This is where this river of life dwells. This is where this river remains. So when we go out, guess what? That river is supposed to come out of us and be healing for everybody and everything that's around us. So they said this river, there's a river that brings joy to the city of God, the holy place where God most high lives. So everywhere we go, we supposed to be bringing this river, y'all. When you truly know God, you're not trying to think about what you're going to say to somebody or how you're going to say it. You just know when you open your mouth, God's going to speak for you. He's going to speak through you. God know exactly what's needed for that person at that moment. See, when you go in to fellowship with God and you're talking to God and God is talking to you. Come on, God is letting you know his plan, his purpose. He's letting you know what he wants you to do, not what you think you need to do. When we know God, we go to him when we don't know what to do. God, I don't know what to do about this. This is facing me, God. I need your help. When you know God, you're leaning and depending on him. You're not depending on yourself. So then he said, God is in that city. And so it will not be shaken. Let's stop right there. God is. When you know who God is, God is with you. And whatever's coming at you, you will not be shaken. You will not be afraid. You will not become frantic. Because you know who God is. Now don't get me wrong. Some of us sometimes are shaken, but we're not moved. We get shaken by many of things that we hear, but we don't supposed to panic. We don't supposed to be moved by those things. We only move by what God says. This shows us y'all where we are when we're all frantic, when we're worried about how we're going to eat, when we're worrying about how we're going to be clothed, when we're worrying about the necessities of life, when we're worrying about when pain is in your body, what could that be? When we're worried about all of these things, that means that we really don't know God the way we need to know God. 
Then it goes on and says, the nations tremble and the kingdom shake. God shouts. I'm getting to a verse. This is why I'm going through all of it. God shouts and the earth crumbles. The Lord, all powerful, almighty of heaven's army of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our defender. He's our refuge. He's our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the amazing things he has done. The desolations he have brought on the earth. He stopped wars everywhere on the ends of the earth. He breaks down all bowls and shadows, spears, and burns up the chariots with fire. And this is the verse I want to get to. This is one we use all the time that we say, God says, be still and know that I'm God. I'm going to bring some correction with that verse. The reason why God say, be still and know that I'm God. This is the reason why. We use that as a quietness to be still. This is not actually what this verse is talking about. This verse is talking about when we know God, we can cease working. We can let it alone. We're not trying to fix nothing. Come on, when we know God, that's when we can be still. That means that we don't have to do nothing because we know God. We don't have to get in a panic. We don't have to get frantic. We can let go of what's holding on to us because we know God. That's why it says, God said, be still and know that I'm God. You got to know. You got to acknowledge. You got to be aware of that he is God so I can stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. This is why Moses told the people, fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Those that you see now, you will see no more. Come on, somebody. When you know what the word of God is saying, then you can say, I know him. Because I'm not in a fr- I'm not panicking. I can stand here. I can leave it alone. I can roll it over. I can commit my works unto him. And my thoughts shall be established because I trust in him with all my heart. I don't lean to my own understanding, but I acknowledge him in all my ways. And he's the one that directs my path. That's why I can be still because I know that God is who he say he is. I know that God don't change his mind. He's When we know who God is, we can leave well enough alone. Let me ask you something. You don't have enough money to work that out. So what, what, what are you trying to do? Come on. You don't have the money in the bank to deal with it. So why are you still going to try to borrow from this one to that one to do something about it? See, when you know who God is, you know that he is Jehovah Jireh. See, this is what happened to Abraham in the Bible. Abraham waited on the sun for many years, for 25 years. He waited. When he got that very sun, God had the audacity to tell this man, the very son that he had given him. He said, I want you to take this child and give him up to me. I want you to sacrifice this. Come on, somebody. God was testing his faith to see if he loved his son more than he loved him. So Abraham, this is what he did. He got his son together. He got his servants together and he told them where they were going. But this is what Abraham said because he knew God so well. He said, me and my son will be back. Why did Abraham say it? He said, because God, if you kill him, 
You got to resurrect him because you gave me this son. That's just how well he knew him. Y'all know he tied him down, got ready to kill him. But this is what got me when the very son say, I see, father, that you have this. But where is the sacrifice? Oh, I love Abraham's answer. God will provide. See, this is, our, this is how our answer should be. When somebody asks us, how are you going to make it? God has already provided. Not is going to. I'm in the already have. The reason why I'm in the already have is because Jesus paid the price for everything that I, y'all don't get it. Ain't no gonna be nothing. Sometimes we do that. We get, it's gonna be all right. No, it's already all right. Already. So you know that God told him, don't kill his son. Because he had a ram, Jesus was the ram in the bush. And he's the same today, yesterday, and forever for us, y'all. See, he got to know him as Jehovah Jireh. How did he get to know him as his provider? Because he had to be obedient to what God said, even though it looked foolish. God take the foolish things to conform the wise. So this is what we do. When I get enough money, I'll do this. When I pay off this, I'll do that. Just keep doing what you're doing. Because if I had waited for more members to get where we are today, we wouldn't be where we are today. Because <laughs> some members don't do like other members do. Some people think a dollar is more than enough. Some people think two dollars is more than enough. People base what they have on them and don't base it on what God tell them. Come on, y'all. The church is supposed to be rich. And we are rich in mercy. Don't get me wrong. But we're the ones preaching God can. But then when it's time to give or do what God's saying, we can't. Come on, when you know God, you should know we can do all things through Christ. You get that part, not through you. It's through Christ which strengthens us. Come on, if you wait on your money <laughs> to get you where you want to go, then Jesus will be here before you go. When God tells you to do something, you do it. And God will send whomever he need to send to get it done. God know what you're in the need of before you ask. But if you're waiting to build a big bank account and you're putting your money in it, guess what? You're only building it up for somebody else to get it. Because God, guess what he does? He take little. All right, Pastor Michael Scott. He take little. And he make it much. Because Pastor Michael Scott, he was on a journey with us. And I'll never forget the journey. When we first started out, we called it Little House on the Perry. We started out trying to make it work ourselves, Y'all, that's when I quit frying chicken and stuff. We said, we're going to get us some chicken from House of Rayford. We're going to fry some chicken and make some plates and we're going to sell them to put the carpet down to get the roof fixed. We're going to make us some money, y'all. Yeah, we made us some money. Not enough. So 
Pastor Michael Scott was helping my husband. They was up on the roof. Y'all was a hot mess. But they were helping on that roof, and they got the roof all nice. We put our little carpet down with the little money we had made. Y'all, when a storm came, it tore it all up. Money gone, carpet gone, roof still messed up. So finally I said, well, God, you said, but God let me know. He said, you're trying to do it yourself. You got to trust me in doing this. So I said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to leave it alone. Be still and know that I'm God. How am I going to know he's God if I don't be still? Y'all get it now? Let me come over here. How do y'all know that he is God if you don't? If you don't, if you don't, how do y'all know he's God? If you don't, 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 still ain't got it the way you need to. So I was still. And in that moment of stillness, God sent people from Ohio. He sent people from Alaska. Where else was it, Jennifer? It was two more places, I believe. I don't know where it was, but he sent them in. And when he sent them in, that place was gutted out, all the way out. And they built it back up with the help of the Lord. And it's still standing today. See what God does? When you take you out of the... See, we try to do too much. We try to fix things the way we think they need to be fixed. And we feel good because we thought we'd done something. But then that's when God started working with me and showing me that when you trust me, I'm going to let you know who I am to you. God is my provider. I recognize him as a provider because then when that got settled, God began to talk to me again and he showed me in a dream another building. I didn't want to leave the building that we were at, but I had to be obedient to God. He showed me how the thing was going to play out. But he said, I need for you to go do this. When I talked to the lady, the lady said, somebody's getting ready to rent this building. I said, oh, they are. I'll let you know if, if they're not. And I looked at the lady and I said, do this building have air in it, heat and air? She said, no. And I'm saying to myself, God, we got heat and air over there already. My, Pastor Scott, you remember when we didn't have it and you buy the air conditioner while we haven't revival trying to cool off. But God put it over there. He made a way to have it over there. So the next day the lady called me. She said, well, it fell through with them. And I saw myself already signing the agreement with her. But then I said, look, I cannot sign this agreement with no heating and air. Now, this lady was the most stingiest lady. People said she will not help you. But how many know that God will turn people's hearts towards you? This lady took and told me, I'll put your heat and air in there. She ended up spending $10,000 to put heat and air in that building. But y'all, that ain't all it is to the story. When we got into that building and I looked at that building, I said, Lord, I know you're not sending me to a place that look toe up from the floor up that don't have nothing in it. I could stay where I am. And God told me, he said, you were tore up. Before you accepted me, you were tore up. He said, but look at who you are now. He said, it's going to be many people that come in this place 
that look like this place is right now, but their lives are going to be changed and transformed. And God took that place with the help of the saints. We worked diligently, didn't know how to put tile down. Evangelist Newton, you remember, we down there putting tile down, dancing on the tile. Jennifer, what was our song? Y'all remember the song? Marching up design. Anyway, God got us in that place. God did that. Why? Be still. And know that I'm God. God did that thing. We never paid rent. So we had to start paying $1,500 a month for a building that we never paid rent for and didn't have the members. Come on, Jennifer. We got three to five a Sunday. We were good, weren't we? 300 or 500 a Sunday. See? I'm talking to y'all. A hundred was good. Didn't know how the lights were going to get paid. Didn't know how this was going to get paid. And I never asked people to pay tithes. And people said, why you don't ask people to pay tithes? Because when you know God. Some people knew about God. But the people who knew God, which was Jennifer, me, and my husband, we were paying when nobody wasn't paying. So God said, now you got to teach them what they don't know. And when you teach on what they don't know, then they will begin to know me and then they'll be tithers. But it's from the heart. Tithing is from the heart. It's a heart thing. And God wants you to tithe from your heart, not from what you're looking at. Because what you're looking at ain't what God wants you to see. Because we are, for some reason, God is turning the table. We are supernatural beings. We are spiritual beings. So we do things God's way, not the world's way. We don't set up lines and say, you're going to get this much if you pay this much. The devil is a liar. God already paid the price for everything that you need. I don't have to conjure up nothing to get you to give nothing. When you know God, that's just a part of you. Give and it shall be. Don't quote that verse if you ain't doing it. A pastor shouldn't have to stand every Sunday and say, uh, don't look right. We're going to take up another. We don't do that up in here. It is what it is. So me and my husband, we be still and know that God is God. I don't spend my time worrying about who paid this or who didn't pay it. I just give God glory for what we have. And I be still and I know that he is God. Oh, y'all, God is so good. Y'all got to understand where I'm coming from. The Holy Spirit got to open your heart so you can really hear what God is saying to you today. Knowing God gets you through financially. It gets you through physically. It gets you through mentally. It gets you through spiritually. Come on, when you know God, you can walk in total wholeness. Salvation is just not missing hell. It's about prosperity. It's about safety. It's about protection. It's about healing. God is well-rounded. It's about your peace. When you know God, you can be still and know that he is God. 
When your marriage is all tore up, you can be still. When your children are cutting the food, you can be still. What can you do except tie them up and don't let them out the house and they still going to do something? When you know who God is, you can go on Psalms 4610. You can be still. And sometimes, y'all, everything around you begin to shake, just like the psalmist said. Seem like the mountain. Everything around you seems like it's crumbling in. But when you know him, you can begin to praise him. You can begin to say, Lord, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I know you're here. I know you already know, God. You're omniscient. You're omnipresent. You're omnipotent. God, you're, you're, you're everywhere. God, you're all-knowing. I can't do it without you. And everywhere I go, God, you're there. So do we really know God the way he want to be made known? Because when we truly know him, we will begin to manifest him in the midst of people. And I can truly say that God has manifested himself in the midst of miracle temple deliverance ministry. And God is not through yet because God takes the little and God makes it much. God, let me tell you something. I don't count heads. I look to him. And the more I look to him, people be wondering, how do you get done what you get done? I don't see that many people. It ain't about the people. It's about God. It's about doing what God say he wants you to do and when he wants you to do it. God is so faithful, y'all. In spite of us, God remains faithful. So this is why we need to get to know him the way He wants to be made known, not the way we think we want him to be. Because when God reveal himself, when he reveal his glory, people know it ain't you. They know it is God. So we need to stop trying to figure it out and know that God has already worked it out. One movie that I love that it was War Room. That lady's marriage was so tore up from the flow up. But God introduced her to a prayer warrior. And that's one thing that the church miss. Is their communing and their communication with God. Because when you're going through in a marriage. And it's so devastating where it looked like the husband don't want the wife. Or the wife don't want the husband. And you've been together so long. And it's just anger in the house. It's just strife in the house. You have to go to God. Because nobody else will be able to help you. And y'all know what she did. She prayed scriptures. We have to take the word of God for what it is. In spite of what it looked like. Because God is still God no matter how it appears to be get your mind off of everything else and put your mind on him seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness his way of doing things and the Bible promise you that all of these things shall be added unto you things will look toe up 
from the floor up before things begin to manifest. That's when you're getting tested. That's when you're getting tried to see if you're going to hold on to what God said or you're going to hold on to what man is saying. Come on, all of us have our ups and downs, but we don't stay down. We get up. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God has delivered us out of them all. Come on, God has delivered us out of them all. Before it come, God has already delivered us. Before pain hit our body, God has already healed us. Come on, somebody. He's already already done it we got to take what he's already done and quit waiting on something to get done he said it's done it is finished that's why we walk by faith and not by sight there was a woman in the bible she was connected to abraham and sarah she was their maid servant in in genesis 16 and Sarah told Abraham she got tired of waiting. She was getting old. Abraham was getting old and they wanted a child so bad. So she gave her maidservant, which was an Egyptian woman, to her own husband. Can you imagine? Please. That right there, that make you just want to close the Bible. The devil is a lie. <laughs> but anyway, she gave the woman... Do you think Abraham was going to turn down that? Abraham loved himself some God, but a man is a man. Well, my wife told me I can. She's okay with it. Oh, boy. So after this lady became pregnant, she began to disrespect Sarah. So Sarah went to Abraham and told Abraham, she's disrespecting me because she's carrying your child. I'm paraphrasing it. Abraham told her, you deal with her. So Sarah began to deal with her. Now when Sarah began to deal with old Hagar, Hagar going to run away. I ain't going to serve her no more. I don't even have to stay here no more. But God had made a covenant. Y'all better understand what I'm saying. He made a covenant with Abraham. That means that that child she was carrying was part of a covenant. Not the covenant he made with Abraham, with Isaac, but it was a covenant. So when she left, the angel of the Lord began to speak, speak to her. And one thing I like how God does, and this is the problem with the church. I want y'all to hear this. I'm going to go there. I got to go there. Janet, I don't want to miss this. I know y'all don't want to miss it either because somebody got to hear it because I'm going to turn this Bible here. Genesis 16. I want y'all to listen at this. 16 verse 8. This is what the angel said to her. I'm going to go to 7. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to sure. Sure. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid. Whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I fleed from the face of my mistress, Sarah. Listen what the angel told her. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. I want to talk about submission. The majority of us want to preach. We want to teach. We want to tell somebody something about God. But you don't want to submit to nobody. It starts with submission. 
So that angel said, you go back and you submit yourself to Sarah. So this is the other thing that she said. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for a multitude. And then he said, and the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael. That means God heareth, because the Lord hath heard thou affliction. So the angel began to tell her about the child she was carrying and his destiny. So Ishmael means God heareth. God even here, when you're in a wilderness and you feel like you're all alone, God's still here in your affliction. But this is not the end of it. She got to know that day. She said, God sees me. He's El Roy. God sees. So she got to know him as a God who sees. What am I saying to you? Do you think you're the only one going through? Do you think that God don't hear you when you're going through? The Bible says that he's El, he's, he's El Roy, Roy. He sees you. He know your affliction. He hears you. Come on, that's why when we go to God, we should say, God, you already see. God, you already know. God, I'm just here for instructions. That's just it. We got to know who God is, y'all. Knowing God is knowing who he is for every situation that we may encounter. God will never leave us, nor shall he forsake us. He will be with us even until the end. Let us get to know God for who he is. And I guarantee you, as you get to know him for who he is, no matter what you go through, you can be still and know that he is God. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise. I believe the word today, God needed someone to hear it because we've been fighting this battle too long. God want us to let go and let God, when you let go of it, it will let go of you. You cannot serve two masters. Either we're going to trust God or we're not. So whatever situation you in, just begin to give God glory because God has already brought you out of that situation. You may not know how he's going to bring you out, but you better know that you already have come out. Why? Because you are a child of the kings. We are sons and we are daughters of God. So this is why we need to be praising him. We need to be thanking him, even though it may look like it look. God is still who he say he is. God change not amen god is not man that he shall lie neither the son of man that he shall repent have he said it the problem is do you know what he said see it switched up on you didn't it willie you got to know what he said have he said it so if i ask anybody well what did he say well i just repeat that because you do it every sunday so i just figured i need to repeat that have he said it? Shall he not do it? Have he spoken it? And shall he not make it good? Because God is a good, good God. Amen. Hallelujah. We give God glory. Wasn't that an inspiring message? 
Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.